Hello, and welcome to the Online Invocation Pod, a podcast produced by Zuma. I'm Doug, and today I had Anders as a guest for the first time in quite a while. Uh, we discussed an article he wrote recently called Marketing Thoughts for 2022, uh, and we focused in particular on what companies need to be prioritizing and focusing on in the coming months. In particular, we also spoke about the lessons that companies have, or unfortunately in most cases haven't learned from the pandemic now that it's starting to draw to a close. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. Hello, Anders. Welcome back to the Online Education Pod. Hello, Doug. And I realized when, when I took a coffee at the coffee machine ago, uh, a while ago that, that it was a while ago that I was in the pod. Well, it was definitely the last year, at least. Um, yeah, and were you really the host the last time I had the honor to be here? No, I think that was uh, Alexander. I think that was before I inherited the pod from him. What will happen now when, when Alexander returns? Will you really let him in? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Was, um, I respect his contribution to the podcast, but I feel like it's been a change of hands now. Kind mm. of coup. Mm. Mm. I, heard, months, but we'll I see. heard some rumors last year when he was the host that he treated like sort of like a second grade technician in the pod. Mm. Was that how it felt for you? There was a bit of a creative, creative differences, but um, he's, he's been on paternity leave for a few months now. So maybe we've cooled off a little bit. We'll see. And we won't look back in anger. No, no. Good. Today, I thought we would talk about an article that you wrote um earlier this year, which was called uh, Marketing Thoughts for 2022. And uh, well, it's almost March now, but I suppose you could say we're, we're still fairly early on in 2022. So we may as well um, reflect a little bit more over that. But I suppose now we, we are a few months into 2022. And um, certainly the thing we've spoken about on the pod quite a lot, the pandemic and all the digitalization and all the rest of it. Um, seems to be less of a factor now perhaps than it was a, a year ago at least um but what do you think will be different this year compared to compared to last year and also 2020 which were very different i would say i i have to start where you started i i hate trend spotting uh, like like sort of saying this will happen 2022 this will do this and this will happen in sales and marketing but the, the reason for writing it anyway is that if, if I remember the article right, I, I bring up like two, three thoughts um, that, that I claim or, or presume will be important. Um, and, and I think um, the intention is not to say I'm right, I'm wrong. The intention, um, if I remember them right, is that, that I would say that um, there was an obvious reason why I, in that article, um, had some thoughts around ABM. Um, I, I would say if I remember that chapter right, I will not speak that much about ABM today be because finally I hear most skilled uh, persons and companies start to take away that expression, which is fine. Because what it's all about, who do you want to reach and do you reach them with the messages that answer their needs or challenges or, or questions? How exact are you on that? So, so 
Um, if I remember right, then I, I had thoughts around ABM. Let's let's skip them for today. Sure, but I um, something that we won't skip uh, was another point in the article. <laughs> uh, one of your points was um, evolving the tech stack. That was an important point. Um, but the point was not to add a bunch of new platforms and tools we use as a company, uh, but maybe fewer or I suppose more consolidated uh, ones. Um, how do you think that should evolve? What do you think needs to change at most companies? Of, of course, it depends. But um, let, let's take the old favorite subject, CRM. A couple of weeks ago, we had a very nice um, RFQ or whatever we should call it from, from a company who who told us, this is the platform that we have. Can you show us best practice, how to maximize it? Um, and can you give us advice sort of on as is and to be your recommendation? And they told us what CRM they had been implementing, um, not globally, but internationally. We, we looked at the RFQ and we said, we are not uh, your partner. We are not the right partner for you because you have already done the mistake that that um, companies have been doing for 30 years. And they said, well, why do you mean that? Be because we asked you about the objectives of this. And the objectives were full alignment between pre-market, market, and aftermarket, although they formulated it as um, marketing, sales, and service. And we said, with the chosen CRM, you will never be able to do this. Yeah, but the supplier said that we can do integrations and we can do this and we can do that and we can. And then we said, yes, but we, we are not the right partner or supplier or agency or whatever we are referred to as. Uh, I hope they appreciated it, but they will never ever with a chosen road uh, get full alignment between sales, marketing and service. No possibility. Uh, so we actually gave them some recommendations. And, and um, one recommendation was, here you have a tool where we can implement everything that you wish for long term in six to eight weeks. So without sort of giving a very straightforward answer on your question, it depends. But still, companies make the same mistake. Sales decide what CRM to have or even uh, management decide someone in service implements and tests something to keep track of the service tickets or whatever they have and and then all companies are aware of the sort of eight to eight hundred logins that marketing uh, demand to do things and all the people involved to be able to do everything from from sort of simple things like looking at the kbis in a google analytics to to pretend to work with google oh or pretend to work with marketing automation or lead nurturing or whatever it is um, many have have taken a sort of single solution on everything and they still hope for an it company to integrate everything so it becomes smooth um, if i would be them i would uh, pick one tool that is not best of breed in every single discipline, I would use something that makes it as easy as possible for all internals and as relevant and personal as possible for all externals. And then you have 
perhaps maybe a handful of tools or ways you can go. That that's sort of the general uh, view on it when it mm. comes to the tech stack. We spoke about that in another episode with Tobias. I remember that lots of people get tricked by a nice shiny new tool that they hope will solve all their problems, but the internal processes aren't really in place to yeah, some, change. Some companies do this this uh, right. I, I I just came from a meeting which which in old language would be referred to as coaching, uh, perhaps mentorship, where where they they have. <laughs> fully changed their way of working with with sales and service so so Stellan our colleague is coaching them um, um, on the service side and I'm coaching them on the sales side and 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 the changes that are made every day uh, with the people that work with it is quite impressive because they take steps every second day in how they change their very, very traditional way of working from before to things where where they as account managers or, or managers of service or, or just individuals working there have absolute full 360 view of everything that happens. But it's not the tool that it provides. It's their changed way of working that provides it. And sometimes they can say, but Anders, uh, now we're doing some manual work. Yes, that's to get intelligent and to have sort of everything from from um, contact data to to um, snippets to everything else in the right place and relevant for you. Uh, maybe in the future, tools will make an interview of a person and then adapt based on that person. But, but we're not there yet uh, that the tools interview the users uh, and then adapt all the software to that individual. We're not there yet. Maybe we will be there someday. But but today, as we have spoken about before as well, um, the manual work is how automated and personal it will become. There's another point just on the topic of new year and how things will be different this year compared to the, the last two years. Um, I remember, I think it was probably around this time last year when we started the pod again um i think 2020 we had a few episodes and then we kind of started with this uh version uh, at the start of 2021 um and in one of those early episodes we um said uh, well you said that you were concerned that companies were just dying to to get back to normal to how it was before you know at that point all this stuff with i mean working from home is still relatively new i suppose and people are still getting used to it um, and there was a concern that, you know, leadership of big companies would just be waiting for the first possible chance they had to just turn back the clock and, and not learn anything from um, from the last year or so. Uh, so now that's kind of that stage that they're waiting for has kind of arrived. Do you do you think people have learned very much? I, I think generally speaking, without knowing, I think that employees, individuals, people, um, have a lot of learnings. The, the problem is when, when you work in an organization like Suma, where most people think that all, all perspectives of life have become better, then you need to be aware that, that that is not the general thing that people think. Uh, if we go to um, management and decision makers, sadly, I would say that I was right. 
very few have learned anything at all. And when, when I hear about companies um, where decision maker and management um, delegates the decision if people should be at work or work remotely or a mixture to um, maybe someone who, who's a manager a bit down, that, then I get sad. Um, but I, I think I, I have proof that I now can see that very few have learned anything when it comes to uh, decision makers and, and uh, management. I think I'm brave enough to say that while I'm also aware that um, people that I work closely with as customers and colleagues and suppliers and the, the friends that I interact a lot with, my God, they have changed their view on things, their way of working, um, how it is to be a parent, how, how it is to be a, a, a child and everything else. Um, had, had a discussion with two colleagues that are actually physically here in the office today. And I, I heard them, it's two of them, well, let's, let's refer to them as developers. And, and they both spoke so much about three things. One was quality. The, the quality in how they perform, whether it's in pre-studies or in code. The second thing they spoke about was how much help they have given each other during this two-year peri- period. And I asked them, what do, you, what do you mean help? You have always been working together. Yeah, but although we physically in the office sit in opposite to each other, face to face, some days now when I have been coding, one of them said, I have actually been online with my colleague six or seven hours and both uh, unmuted and asked each other things during the workday. That is not possible to do in the physical office because then we disturb the other people that sit next to us. Um, so, so, but but again, this story, this sort of um, description, I also know that we are a company where it has been functioning very well. Um, and I, I, I would say that I also have input from companies where it hasn't been working at all. And then always the argument comes up um, with friends that are decision makers in big companies. Yeah, but it's so easy for you, Anders, because you are 30, 40-ish people. And I mean, our company is 10,000 people. And then I always say, yeah, my, my company is much bigger than your company because um, um, in your company, no manager have more than four to six people reporting to them. But in our company, uh, those figures are much bigger. So we are a larger company than you are. <laughs> Typical Anders logic. <laughs> um, I don't know if that answered your question, but, but sadly, most companies and decision makers have not learned anything. And what are the consequences of that that you see? Um, that, that they lost a fantastic opportunity to go in, a di- go in a direction, start going in a direction that they have been speaking about for quite a few years. Uh, let's call it they would modernize ways of working, structure, decision making, uh, HR, um, how they recruit, um, how they interact with customers, how they get better statistics of what is worth things and what is not worth things. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you one 
which was a private uh, um, discussion this weekend with a friend. He's second in command in a huge company, and, and um, he told me that they're going to start with events and uh, stuff now again. And then I asked him, how, mu how much did your turnover decrease the last two years? No, no, it has increased. How much did your profit decrease the last two years? Ah, oh, it's gone really well. Okay. Um, how much will your profit uh, increase now when you start with events again? Because obviously the last two years you've been able to um, do really good results. Yeah, but it's most like social thing. Okay. Um, that that he has to stand for, uh, but I don't think it's an uncommon case. It's just that he was very honest with me because many companies that two, three years ago thought that they have had to meet people in person, they had to go to the events, they had to do this, had to do that. They haven't been able to do that for two years now. So why go back and do exactly the same activity plans as before this extraordinary but but very good chance to to implement changes uh, and improvements mm. there was a, another point you mentioned in the article about getting beyond engagement um which i the idea was that you know traditionally maybe a marketing department focuses on downloads and page views and sales focuses on book meetings and services you know how how quick do we resolve issues um and stuff like that um but from the marketing side, you, you mentioned that they should kind of shift their focus away from all those traditional metrics and look a bit more at how they're actually affecting revenue. Um, and that's always been a challenge for um, marketing departments and B2B companies, traditional companies. Uh, but why do you think it's more important now than it has been before? <laughs> Remind me to answer the question, but but I think very the, the things we now said that you must get beyond most companies don't have in place. Mo most B two B companies have not succeeded um, with what you mentioned. Sort of okay, did you get more downloads? Did you get more sort of subscribers? Did you get more? And what happened then? Did they become customers? Did did the did the existing customers who were subscribers and download actually buy more? Um, having that said, um, there's very, very few companies that can show that they even on that level can perform. So why do I say that we must go beyond that? The reason why I put it there is um, to show them that when they have succeeded with doing the basic stuff, which most companies haven't been able to do, then there's more to come. Uh, so it, it might be a bit naughty, but, but my intention with saying you must go beyond engagement is two things. Most companies are not even close to the things that I said you must go beyond. Uh, but at the same time, putting the touch that it is about relevance, it is about experience, it is about engagement so hopefully um, the people and the decision makers and influencers that read this get inspiration to want to know more i know it's a bit of sort of circling answer to you but but that was the thought behind um saying you must go beyond um maybe a bit rude uh, and maybe a bit circling answer but you the one who judges if it was understandable. I think so. 
I think we're used to circling answers anyway. So fantastic. Thank you. I will put a link to this article we've been speaking about in the episode description. Um, and uh, thank you for uh, coming back to the pod. Thank you, Doug. And where we started, we, we must end. Um, I, I, I think you have our main listener behind you. Mm. You, you remember this American guy that he's not intrusive, but, but, but I mean, he, he's eager about, about this pod. And if I understood his SMS, uh, the other week, right. Um, he doesn't miss Alexander. Uh-huh. Okay. That, that's at least how I interpreted it. So might be good for you to know if sort of it's, it's a political fight now who will be the host of the, uh, the the biggest fan it seems like you have behind you, Jeff. Okay. I'm Jeff. Okay. Well, Alex, I'm sorry that you had to hear that this way, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. We'll see you next Thanks. time. Thanks. Bye. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Online Invocation Pod. If you enjoyed it, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or to the RSS feed. You can get a link to it on our website, zuma.agency. See you next time.